Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 201 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio. Thanks for checking out this episode. We're going to be jumping into our discussion of the prelims and the uh, last step before the grand final. Now, don't forget, folks, if you'd like to have your local footy club get a shout-out during an upcoming episode, drop me a note via email, ayankofthefooty at gmail.com. Hit me up on my socials. You can find all of that information over on my website, ayankofthefooty.com. I love being able to give shout-outs to clubs. Uh, it helps me learn a little bit about the geography of the game throughout the country of Australia and around the world because I've done uh, shout-outs for international clubs as well. And uh, before we dive in, I do want to, to mention again, if you've not had a chance to go back and listen to uh, episode 186, I do hope you maybe check out at least the last bit of it there. We're doing a little uh, project for my mom who's having her 80th birthday coming up here pretty soon. And uh, it's actually coming up in November. So... There still is about two months before that's happening, and I know I started this a while back, but I figured with the uh, the travel time across the the uh, the ocean with regards to mail and that sort of thing, um, I would go ahead and start it early. But if you're wanting to help out, again, you know, she's having her 80th birthday. We're looking at uh, trying to put as many uh, cards in place for her uh, with people uh, talking about or showing an image, a photograph or whatever, a postcard of something that brings them joy. So if you want to help out with that, that'd be absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's uh, not had quite the the turnout that I've been hoping for, but I know of a few people who are still planning on sending something. I thank them for doing that. And those of you who have already, I truly, truly appreciate it. So today's club of the episode is being sponsored by TV, and TV is run by Kim Harrison, as we call him here in North America, Aussie. And Mick has spent the last two decades running his sports comedy channel talking about the NFL, talking about the AFL, of course, and his other favorite game, the Canadian Football League. He also appears regularly with Gabe Morenci over on uh, Sports Grid TV. You can find that on YouTube as well. Now, Mick was a very solid footy player in his own right down in South Australia. Spent some time in the Northern Territory as well. Now, the club of the episode for this week are the Noosa Tigers. And the Tigers are from Nooseville along the Sunshine Coast of Queensland, so a little bit to the north of Brisbane. The club was founded back in 1970, so it's actually, in the great grand scheme of things, kind of a newer club, but uh, kind of an older club for, you know, a, a state which was trying to get a foothold for footy. And they play in the QAFL. Uh, their senior side did lose uh, in the elimination final uh, this year. Uh, their home ground is the Rococo Oval. And what I thought was rather interesting is I was reading through uh, their Facebook page as well as checking out their website. They are hosting an auction at this point in time for two tickets to the grand final. Now, bids have to be secured by noon, midday on September the 19th. And that's local time. That's not my time, of course. Now, you can find out more information about that raffle, or excuse me, that auction, if you will, not the raffle, over on the club's Facebook page, which I will have linked in the show notes. And I do want to congratulate Connor McDonald, who was named the Senior Club's Best and Fairest for 2022. And best of luck to the uh, Tigers as they go forward into 2023. And I, I have to tell you, 
you know, when I hear tigers with the club, I'm expecting to see the black and yellow. I really like their color combination as well because they, they have the, the big tiger on the, the jumper, but they have incorporated what I would argue would be Adel the Adelaide Crow color scheme. And with the tiger, I think it's just it's a unique, unique combination. So really, really sharp looking. And again, this week's uh, Club of the Episode is sponsored by MickLossie.tv. Mick, thanks a lot for that, man. Now, remember, you can find everything about my website over at yankonthefooty.com. You can get on the mailing list over there. I hope you'll consider doing that. You can leave a review. If you like the podcast, it is a huge help if you take a couple minutes and uh, leave a five-star review over at Apple Podcast. You can also do that through my website. There's a link that will take you right to Apple Podcast or to Podchaser, or you can leave one right on the website as well. It's a huge help for the show. Gives me some credibility there. Also, if you uh, know somebody who would be a great guest for the show, or maybe that's you, drop me a note over there as well. If you want to help out the podcast, uh, you can click on the Buy Me a Coffee button or my Redbubble uh, page store as well there and uh, check out some of the gear. So let's go ahead and jump into my uh, chat with Mick before we uh, get into the prelims, which, I, as you know, I'm extraordinarily excited about. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and I am thrilled to be joined again this week by Mick Aussie. And uh, Mick has decided to uh, not wear his uh, Denver Broncos uh, jersey. Um, I don't think that had anything to do with last Sunday night or Monday. I don't remember which day they played, but uh, I'm not going to bring it up. But I, I appreciate that. I've got my cat's beanie on and my scarf, uh, hoping things go well this weekend. But uh, how you doing, man? Yeah, good. Well, that was the most upset of but probably ever been with the Denver Broncos. But, hey, we're here to talk the AFL, and I'm sure you're looking forward to tonight's game with oh. the Lions at your home ground of the MCG. Could be a beauty. Yeah, you know what? It's funny you do mention that it's a home. Yeah, it is a. It is technically now a home final, isn't it? Although those of you who are Fitzroy supporters, you know, the I, I tip my cap to you for, for sticking by your club, even though they – they were uh, they were taken away from you and sent uh, up the coastline there. So I, I do I do tip same with the South Melbourne supporters who are the Swan supporters there. So yeah, I'm 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 cautiously optimistic because I was telling you as a Cleveland fan, I don't get I don't get uh, I don't have positive thoughts too often because things don't generally work out in our favor. Uh, and if you're if uh, if you're a sports fan that follows you know, any American sports, you'll you know that Cleveland sports, uh, they tend to be snake bit. Um, and there's supposedly there's, there's a rumor that somebody had put a curse on the site of the stadium where the, where the Browns play, but the, it's the same site where the Browns and the Indian stadium used to be. It's something, something that was called the Maloik. There was this, this supposedly this witch in Cleveland that put a, a curse on the stadium grounds, you know, that is not left. And I don't know if that's the case or not. There was a great uh, radio host in Cleveland who always talked about the Maloik. He passed away about a year ago. So we've got the prelims and uh, two great matchups. I mean, this is uh, you got three out of the top four sides still in and one that was in the top four for most of the season. And they fell out right at the end in Brisbane. So it's, it's going to be, I think, two great games this weekend. And, you know, we've got uh, yeah, I'm. I'm it's going to be tough watching the, uh, the Collingwood and Sydney game live because that's a 2.45 in the morning start for me. And then I've got to be back at work at about 8.30 the following morning. So we'll see how that goes. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. So 
you know, I, I had somebody on Twitter. I, I uh, and this is uh, John Barleycorn, who uh, if if you're a fan, if you need to know about the band, the musical group Clutch, he's the expert to go to. But, you know, John, I put a note out there saying, you know, any thoughts leading into the games this weekend? And he said that uh, he said, well, with Brisbane and Collingwood coming off their big wins, especially the Lions, can it be a bit of a disadvantage for the Cats and the Swans to have had the week off? Uh, like the loss of momentum, having had the week, uh, missed the week instead of the you know, intense speed of finals. I think it's a great question. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't like it when radio people say that's a great question, but it really is. And yeah, I could probably talk 10 minutes on this question because there's a lot of factors involved. It has its advantages and disadvantages on both whether you have the week off or not. It's an individual thing as well. It definitely can help the older players or if you have a slight injury, the week off is definitely an advantage. Mm -hmm. And I can relate it to whether it's country football or SANFL that I played. Sure, the AFL guys, they're full-time and they get more physio and doctors and all that sort of stuff. But it's pretty much that question can relate to country football or any level of football. So it really does depend on injuries, routine, and if a team is playing well. So really good question. And, you know, we can talk about that relating to the two games if you want now or later yeah. on. Well, and I, and, I, and I think, you know, that we've got, you know, both of the clubs that, are, that, are, that got the week off have been playing very good football. The Cats have, have won, what is it, 13, 14 games in a row, something like that. Um, you know, the Swans close out the season very well as well. Um, and, uh, you know, both of them are, are going to be playing at home because, well, let's be honest, if it was the road team, they wouldn't be having the week off anyway, because that's just not the way the system works. It has to be the home team that would be getting the week off ahead of time. Um, but you know, he, he also brought up, he said, you know, the two clubs that got to take a rest along with, you know, to get strong or the two clubs that, uh, you know, have to instantly turn around, you know, are they going to lose momentum? Uh, you know, if they if they had the week off, and that, that's a fair question, as you said there, with with the the older sides. You know, I I think that that can't do anything but to help. You know, say a player like Tom Hawkins or Buddy Franklin or Joel Selwood to kind of you know rest and recuperate a little bit. Yeah, and again, these and and I, I'm saying that I have to say again. You know, I'm I'm referring to these guys as older players, and they're they're young enough to be my kids. So uh, it's uh it's, it is just a, it is going to be interesting to see what happens. And uh, I'm just excited for it to get going. I mean, I don't even want to go to sleep tonight. I want to just stay up, but then I have to work tomorrow. So I'm not sure how that's going to end up uh, happening, but I'll, you know, I'll have the, I'll have the game on in my classroom tomorrow morning and the school day starts at eight o'clock and that will be right about the time the fourth quarter is going to be starting. Wow. So it's going to be interesting to see what goes on uh, in my room. I'm gonna, I may have to have the maybe the game on the, on the corner of my computer while we're doing things in class there because my kids are actually doing uh, – they've got a pretty significant assignment to work on tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So I'll have to be on my best behavior. Well, I'd like to – when we go through the, the two teams, whether you want to do the news first – I'd like to relate that question to each team. So oh, that works. That's it, absolutely. It, we yeah, certainly could do that. It, it's a great question. It really yeah. is. We certainly could do that. Yeah. And, you know, we're starting to see some, uh, some trade activity come to a head. You know, I don't have all of the, uh, the players 
jotted down who are looking to uh, to move, but it's just it seems like there's a bit of an exodus that's happening at Fremantle, or almost an exodus in the case of Rory Lobb. Uh, but it it's uh, you know Griffin Logue and Darcy Tucker may both be heading off to um, North Melbourne. They both said they want to go to North Melbourne, and I I haven't listened to the episode yet, but uh, Damian Barrett's uh, AFL Daily. The title of that episode was this that came out this morning, just about uh, an hour and a half ago or so, asked the question, is North Melbourne becoming a destination club? That's a back-to-back wooden spoon club, so you wouldn't think it would be a destination club, but then when you think about what's actually happening there, maybe just maybe. Well, they obviously have a very good coach, but it come down it comes down to money as well, doesn't it? If North yeah. Melbourne can offer someone an extra hundred thousand dollars a year, like they really got to seriously consider it. So I believe money is the factor in in some of those dealings where the North Melbourne might get some players across. Right, right, and that's and I yeah I did see some things uh, this week. That you know, you know, you look at some of the players that are that are making, you know, their salaries are, you know, seven, eight hundred thousand, you know, Brody Grundy, I think around a million dollars a year. And then there was the story this week that Tom Hawkins was playing on three hundred thousand dollars. And he was doing you know, and that and supposedly that that that's happening at Geelong, which is allowing them to bring in other talent and pay them maybe a little bit more to help continue this process of you know getting back to you know the copious number of, of prelims that they've been to with the hopes of, of winning a premiership uh for the first time since 2011 yeah 2011 that's the last one i have up here up right above my head um i just thought yeah it, that's that is a uh that's a rather selfless thing to do but it's all if you think about it in let's say the uh the landscape of major league baseball the Major League Baseball Players Union would have an absolute fit if somebody of his caliber was saying, well, I'll play for less money than I should be making to bring somebody else in. I mean, that that is just, uh, that's unheard of over here. Yeah, well, you relate it to the legend, the greatest player probably ever, Tom Brady. He was known to take less in New England. Mm-hmm. He was still getting, what, $24 million or whatever. But, hey, it helps when you have a wife that's nearly a billionaire. So, But Tom Brady's a team guy. And if this, if that is true about Hawkins, good on him. I'd be surprised if it was that low. But, hey, he's 34 years old. He's made his money. Maybe he's just happy to keep going for another couple of years. And maybe he didn't expect to play as well as he is at the age yeah. that he is. But, I mean, I mean Cameron would be on big dollars. Dangerfield would be on big dollars. But good on Geelong, mate. They've been up near the top for a long time, so they're definitely doing something right down there. Well, yeah, it 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 sounds like it, you know. And uh, as I was mentioning, you know, Griffin Logue sounds like he's going to be heading to North. Uh, Darcy Tucker as well. But Fremantle has told Rory Lobb that based upon his contract situation, uh, we don't see a trade happening. So, young man, you're not going to go anywhere. So go ahead and schedule that appointment with your beautician to get your hair dyed here again in Perth because you're not getting it done in Melbourne. Oh, that's funny. I'm actually a bit of a fan of Rory Lobb. I think he can play some really good games. He's a bit up and down. But Robbo did an article about his dyed hair, and mm-hmm. it got me thinking because the week before, I was telling my girlfriend, I'm going, look at these Melbourne demons. they got to be arrogant. They, uh, As we know, they have, and they're out. 
got, I counted five or six of their players wearing a black headband, plus Oliver, who's got his hair in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Now, if I was playing, and many people back in my day would do the exact same thing. If you're a defender, you just flick his headband off. You can't get reported. It's not a free kick, and it would upset them. And there's nothing worse than getting hair in your eyes when you're about to take a mark or close in packs. It really can upset you uh-huh. and affect your skill level. So those uh, Melbourne Demons coach, if I was him, I'd be getting a hairdresser straight into that club at the first training session next year because they got arrogant and five or six guys with headbands ridiculous unnecessary get a haircut you clowns well i saw that uh so are you saying are you saying that we should have an unofficial ban on the mullet in the afl (laughs) because i i think that is that's that's i think that's part of the required uniform that i think each club has to have like 11 percent of their list has to have a mullet that's a number that I just made up, so it has to be accurate. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> my, girl, my, my girlfriend does laugh at these mullets. But my main point is, playing Aussie football, you get your hair. If your hair gets in front of your eye when you're about to grab that ball, you can fumble it. So it's right, absolutely right. ridiculous. And I would flick those guys' headbands off. It would upset them. And you wouldn't give away a free. So yeah, well, I saw that. Catch you, Melbourne Demons. I saw that happen uh, once or twice. I think it was with uh, Aaron Naughton of the Bulldogs. I think that happened a couple times that I saw him where somebody knocked his headband off. And it yes, was, Sicily. and I don't know if he got necessarily upset about it, but it was something he had to go about, you know, getting back on his head and getting it adjusted to where it needed to be. Um, now, you know, back to the the player movement it did i i did see that it, it's looking like uh willie Rioli is going to be going to port and i and i saw a uh and i i i'm almost hate hating to mention it but i did see something online that was posted that it was a it was a a press release from the bolt from the the eagles that was extraordinarily critical of him for making the decision to move and i and i don't know if it was something that somebody had put together if it actually came from the club because if it came from the club it was it was vicious. And I, and I hope that's not where it came from, but it was, you know, it it was, and again, please let me know if I'm, if I'm reading this wrong, I think maybe somebody made this up. Um, It's like, I, I, you know, I saw that, you know, the, you know, the, the little clip that somebody posted online about, you know, with King Charles about all the things that he's going to do. And they dubbed somebody else's voice. that sounded like him over top of it. And, and uh, you know, he's going to reconquer the United States and that sort of thing. And it just, and it was rather humorous, but, you know, I, I, they stuck by him, of course, but again, you know, following the rules of, of the, of the comp, he made mistakes that precluded him from playing for a couple of years. Yeah. They could have jettisoned him. You know, they, they both lived, I guess you could say he lived up to his contract, but uh, you know, he's wanting to move on to different pastures and well, so be it, I guess. Well, I'll add to that story, obviously for people that didn't know, he uh, was basically smoking marijuana and he got tested and then he put Gatorade in his urine sample. So it was just, he was stupid, basically. He shouldn't have done it. But you're right. The Eagles did look after him mm-hmm. and it was the president or the GM that did criticize him okay. wanting to leave. But I have my thoughts on this because I listened to the Perth boys and the Perth boys, Duffin Quarters, they've said all along that they Eagles 
might want to trade Rioli because he has value and they're mm -hmm. rebuilding and he's a little bit unreliable. So maybe the president is just saying that to up his trade value well, that, as oh, that's, well. Then that's a very brilliant move on his part then. Okay, so that it's 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 a little bit of politicking there. Okay, yeah. so. Yep, yep. You know, one other thing, and this was about 20 minutes before we started to record, I did see uh, Cal Toomey posted on his Twitter feed that a uh, couple of players from Collingwood, uh, and it sounds like they're okay and that they're going to be making the flight to Sydney, but Bo McCreary and Josh Carmichael were involved in a fender bender, and I don't know specifically where in, uh, in the Melbourne area, but uh, it sounds like they're fine, uh, but they're going to be making the flight. But uh, I'm sure that could, you know, traumatize anybody if you get into a little bit of an accident. Oh, absolutely. You'd be nervous anyway a day before the big game, and then yeah. that just adds some extra nerves and a bit of shock value. So, yeah, they could be slightly affected by that for a few hours, but they should be right. Yeah, I would. I, they probably will be. They probably will. So, Sunday night is the big night after the, the prelims are over. We're six, we'll be six days away from the grand final. Brownlow is taking place. Who are you going with for the Brownlow this year? Yeah, I think it could be close. Um, most people are picking these three, and I'd have to agree with them. I think Lockie Neal, Clayton Oliver, and Patrick Cripps would be the top three. They're proven vote-getters. Mm -hmm. Lockie Neal, again, has been fantastic, and he's right in the eye of the umpires. He's a fair player, gets a lot of possessions. His disposal's good. Oliver's just a gun, but will Petrarca take a lot of votes? Probably. Oliver had the better year. And then Patrick Cripps had a great start to the year, so they're predicting that Cripps might get off to a good lead, but he pretty much had a had a good year all up. So I think it'll be one of those three. Brayshaw at the D, at the Dockers, they're saying a chance as well. But my Smokey, um, I think, I think Connor Rosie for the oh, Port Adelaide Power. I don't think he'll win it, but I think he'll get pretty close. Okay. He had a great year once they put him on the ball. And he, I think, will catch the eye of the umpires. Okay. Well, I I am sticking with my preseason prediction. If you go back and listen to my preseason prediction, I went with Tuke Miller of Gold Coast to win this. And I'm sticking with him. I just, you know, I I I don't I just think he I I if I would love to have him playing on my side. Um whatever club I was on. Yeah. And granted, I would, I wouldn't say no to any of the other people that you mentioned, but I, I, I just, he seems to be a, you know, he, in many ways is what we just talked about with, uh, you know, with, um, with Hawkins, he, he's a, he's a guy who, you know, is at a position and at a club that a lot of people have used as a stepping stone to get somewhere else. And he has committed to that club because he sees what is growing there and, and possibly will come to fruition maybe in 2023 so i i think you could yeah, i think you're right about any of the other five or six that you mentioned but I, i'm i'm going to stick with duke miller i'm i'm probably wrong but uh it, it could be him and I, it, I think it'd be really neat to see somebody from gold coast win that yes my bad i was i was going to mention him i haven't seen him play as much as some of the other players so mm -hmm. you would know more about him but yes he is in the top six on the betting for the Brownlow. A couple of players 
will be interesting to see how many votes they get. Jeremy Cameron, the legend yeah. from your team, had a fantastic year. Will he get as many votes as the on-ballers? Because it really has sadly become an on-ballers medal. Um, and the other one I'm interested in, he won't win it, but Keys for the Crows. He had a fantastic year. Best, second best player, along with Rory Laird all year. Mm -hmm. They won't win it because the Crows didn't win enough games. Right, right. Interested to see Keys because his disposal does let him down a little bit, but he got a lot of the ball. Yeah, so, yeah. And I know, yeah, I know that you know the, the Brownlow is the is that prestigious award, but do you, do you think that maybe they should have more? You know, they maybe should add another award or two to have maybe somebody, you know, a uh, you know, like I know they have the, the Coleman for the leading goal kicker, but but the leading goal kicker may not be the best forward of the year. You know, the leading goal kicker may not, you know, maybe somebody that doesn't have a whole lot of goal assists, for example. Um, you know, and I'm, you know, Jeremy Cameron, I think, you know, Cameron and, and uh, Hawkins were up there towards the top in goals kicked, but also in, in, in goal assists, because they, they were, you know, for this example, they were not afraid to, to give the ball over to somebody like Tyson Stengel or to, you know, to Gary Rowan or whomever they were dishing it off to, because it was, you know, and, and, and every other club, you know, has somebody that's going to do that sort of thing. So, you know, and I, I remember them, um, because Mackay, I think, is going to win the Coleman. But if I remember reading, you know, he did not have very many goal assists. It was, you know, there was not a lot of movement for, with the ball from him to other people. So he was taking a lot of marks and then, you know, and then scoring from there. So I don't know. I just maybe we have, maybe you have like a, you know, I know we have the All-Australian, but maybe you have an award for the the top defensive player. You've got the Brownlow for the 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 ball the midfielders the ball handlers in the set in the center of the ground and maybe you have one for the you know the top forwards maybe you have a couple different awards there yeah I agree because it's a little bit sad that these on ballers are getting all the votes I mean mm -hmm. you go back to when Dipper won it he won with seventeen votes and I think Ollie Wines got thirty four last year so it's like the umpires are just honing in on these big names a little bit too much I think. But how often does a Ruckman win it? Not very often. Wayne Carey, one of the greatest players of all time, never won it. So mm -hmm. it sadly has become much more of an on-ballers Brownlow. Yeah. So maybe there's a, maybe that's a push that we could uh, we could go ahead and uh, and see happen in the near future. Then. So. Well, you ready to talk about? Uh, we've got this long list of games going on uh, this weekend here that we need to dive into. You ready to jump in? <laughs> yeah. All right, so in a in a little less than twelve hours, you have the Cats playing a home, uh, an official home finals game, and I have no idea how many tickets have been sold. I don't know who all's you know, what kind of. I hope it's a massive crowd, but I, I think there's probably going to be about fifty or sixty thousand people there. I would imagine, because I'm sure there will be supporters of other Melbourne-based clubs that are kind of come watch a prelim final, that maybe wouldn't be able to get tickets to the grand final. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, Jared Berry is going to be able to play after his little clash with uh, Clayton Oliver. Uh, the, yeah, the eye gouge was not an eye gouge, and yet he was cleared to play. Um, Joe Danaher is back. Oscar McInerney is back for the Lions as well. Um, the Cats are running back the same 22 that they had last game. Uh, Jake Kolejasny left with a knee injury, but evidently he is healthy enough to play. And they've got Mark O'Connor 
<coughs> excuse me, as their sub. And I do not see the sub name. Oh, the meta sub is Reese Matheson for Brisbane. I didn't zoom in enough, enough there. So what are your thoughts on Brisbane and Geelong, sir? All right. Well, first of all, I'll talk about the Lions and I'll relate the question that that great that guy asked about momentum compared to the week off. I think the Lions would be very happy in the situation they are in because they came into the finals not playing too well and they've had two great wins as underdogs. Mm -hmm. So from their perspective, they would be glad that they're playing every week and they've got that momentum, the confidence going. They won at the MCG. So uh, in that regard, it's a benefit to be playing every week. Right, right. I, with Barry, he did a fantastic job on Oliver and there's mixed feelings whether he should have got off. I actually glad he did get off because Oliver's elbow was kind of in his throat. So he had to he had to do everything he could right, to protect right. himself. Right. So but other people say, Oh no, well he did gouge his eye a little bit. I'm okay with him getting off. Hipwood was great. Neil was good. McCluggish. Zorko was good. That was really a great effort to beat the Demons. Well, yeah. It was a great game to watch. I have to be honest with you. you know, and, and for those of you that didn't listen to last week's episode, uh, one of us tipped the Lions to win that game. <laughs> that would be me. Yes, but yes, I ha yes. I have to admit, when I, when I got up in the morning and you know, got the news that Joe Danaher was flying back to Brisbane for the birth of his first child, I'm thinking, boy, that was a bad tip on my part because they are going to get absolutely crushed. <laughs> well, turns out that didn't happen because the D's were all wearing headbands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I was, I was, uh, I did not think they had a, a much of a chance with only, you know, Hipwood and, and, you know, Charlie Cameron as, as their main targets, you know, up forward, you know, Lincoln McCarthy as well. Um, but they just, you know, I think that we, we saw just how banged up, you know, um, Christian Petraca was, I mean, he had, you know, he had 27 disposals, but it was a very pedestrian game for him. Um, yeah, you had five clearances, but you know, Clayton Oliver had nine, Viney had six, um, it was not. It was not his best game, and I think his leg probably was bothering him quite a bit. And uh, and if he's healthy, maybe Brisbane does, doesn't win this game. Well, look at the demons. They won the grand final, as we know. They got off to a ten and zip start, and then there was that fight at the restaurant, and they went downhill. They got arrogant. They didn't get their haircuts. Some of the players believed to be hogging a bit in front of goal and not sharing off like your Cats guys do. So there was definitely trouble at the Demons, and it showed out in two games in front of their home crowd that didn't even get to see them win the grand final. So frustrating as, as a Demons fan continues. Yeah, and I have to tell you, I have he got dropped this week because Oscar McInerney is back healthy enough to play. But, you know, Darcy Ford did a nice job against uh, the two-headed ruck uh, position for the Ds. And he had 29 hitouts. Um, you know, he had four clearances of his own. Uh, it's uh, 
you know, for a guy who doesn't play a whole heck of a lot at the senior level, he did a nice job for them. And, and, you know, he did quite a bit to get them over the line that otherwise, uh, you know, they may not have gotten there without, without his effort also. Yes. It's uh, it was just, it was a great job on their part. And again, you know, the cats were, they were, you know, they're resting, they were resting up at home and, uh, making plans, I guess, for, you know, the, uh, the trade period about, you know, their names, you know, like, uh, Oliver Henry, who supposedly wants to go back, back home, uh, join his brother there. Although I, I did hear that Fremantle is going to be making a push for him as well. Cause Fremantle is going to, it sounds like they're going to have a lot of spots on their list that they need to fill. Right. Well, your cats, um, I'll go to the question on Twitter from what mm -hmm. we talked about. It's from John. Barley corn about the week off. This is my feeling on a week off compared to two weeks off. They all had every team had the buy after round twenty three. Right, right. And then the cats had another buy. So personally, I I think two buys in the month is too much. I think one buy is perfect. Yeah. Two though, and like John answered, the game is so quick and so skillful. That if you're off too much, you do lose a little bit of that absolute quickness and mm -hmm. used to it. Sure, you can train as much as you can, but there's nothing like playing in a game. And football players love routine. I remember when I was playing at Gawler South Lions, we had a week off. It was good. It was good for us. But then Saturday night, we kind of all went our separate ways because we all didn't want to drink too much on the Saturday night before the grand final. So players love routine. So personally, I think it's an advantage for the Lions to be coming in hot and the Cats having two weeks off compared okay. to one. Okay. That said, I am picking your Cats. The spread was 22 and a half. I'm not sure if it's changed in the last day. I'm thinking the Lions might get closer than that. So my pick is Cats 1 to 39 and maybe the Lions cover the 22 and a half. Mm -hmm. But I think it will either be a close game and the Cats just get up or the Cats win by five or six goal. Okay. I can't see the Lions winning by more than three or four goal if they do win. Yeah, I'm going I'm going with the Cats by just 10 points. Again, I just right. I think this is going to be a very closely contested game. Uh, I. I do I do like the you know, I think the Cats, their forward line, you know, when you've got you know, when, when Gary Rowan. Yeah, played a great finals game a couple weeks ago. I mean, that was that was as a cat supporter, that was fantastic to see. Hopefully, he can play two in a row. If he does that, I think he's he's very much an X factor for that for that side. I think he could, you know, because they're already going to be looking for Hawkins. They're going to be looking for Cameron. They're going to be looking for Tyson Stengel now. Um, you know, I, I I I think that you know that week off. I think will benefit somebody like Patty Dangerfield. And I, and I think Patty Dangerfield is going to come out like an absolute hell on wheels in this game. And it's just, he's going to, he's going to be, and I hope he doesn't do something that gets himself suspended, knock on wood. But uh, I just think he's going to come out just like a bull in a China shop and, uh, and, and have a great game. But I, like I said, I think it's going it, to be close. Because Brisbane is a is a good side. They played great football all year long. They scuffled a little bit down the stretch, but they got the monkey off their back last week in Melbourne. 
and uh, I I do believe that uh, that the uh, that the Energy Commission in Australia has figured out actually how to harness Chris Fagan's gum chewing as a source of renewable energy, <laughs> and uh, and is actually they're oper- you know they're going to actually operate a train between Melbourne and Sydney powered simply by his gum chewing. They're going to store all that energy from from Friday night and use that on Saturday to get people up to Sydney. So, <laughs> well, he can't be worse than Pete Carroll from the Seahawks. But True. going back to what you said, I've been involved in teams in South Australia where you have the week off and you're dead right. You come out in that first five or 10 minutes and you do have that extra energy uh-huh. and that extra pace. So, the first quarter will be very interesting. If Geelong get off to a good start and lead quite well at quarter time, it could be game over. But hey, the Brisbane Lions came back in that second half against the Demons. So that's true. Looking that's forward true. To it. You know, five five goals to three in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So we head up to the SCG, and uh, you know, I, I guess I have to I have to ask because you know I I saw a bunch of people on social media talking about how the the seating capacity at the SCG was so small, and I, I guess I'm not familiar. Is there, is there an Olympic stadium where they've played footy in Sydney before? Yeah, absolutely, where the okay. 2000 Olympics were okay. held. They have played there at times. Okay, because somebody had mentioned then that they, that they need uh, a significant notice in order to, to get the, the surface ready for, for football there. Because it must be maybe it's just exclusively for cricket now. I, and I don't know because it would have a bigger seating capacity. Um, but yeah, I saw a lot of people lamenting that. But then, but then they saw the airline prices for tickets to get to Sydney, and they thought, "Screw it, we don't need to worry about capacity because we can't afford the damn tickets to get up there anyway." <laughs> so, is, you know, are the are the airlines are they headquartered out of Sydney? Well, she, my sister, she's pretty high up. She works for Qantas. She used to work for British Airways. So yeah, she's in Sydney with okay. Qantas. Okay, because I. I didn't know if I didn't know if they were all Sydney supporters that were working for the airlines and said, "Hey, what if we just go ahead and uh, raise the rates here a little bit? It might help us out in terms of you know limiting the, the Collingwood supporters showing up to the game." <laughs> I don't. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but okay, maybe I am a little bit. Um, but yeah, the you know the Magpies they've played uh, they've played you know close to the vest all season. They've won nine games by less than seven points apiece. Um, Neither club made a change in their 22. Braden Campbell's the Swans medisub, Josh Carmichael the medisub for Collingwood, although that may be subject to change after his uh, little fender bender. Um, you know, you got uh, Kruger, Oliver Henry, Callum Brown, and, and mentioned as emergencies there for them. The, uh, the Pies lost by 27 to the Swans back in round 22 at the SCG. Now the caveat there, Jordan Degoe did not play in that game. So what are you thinking on this one, sir? Well, let's start with back to John's question about the week off or going into momentum. I think it slightly is in Magpie's favour again, like the Lions, for two reasons. Unchanged side, so no injuries. If you lose players with injury, obviously the week off is better. So no injuries. Sure, players are carrying injuries. They do all the time. Magpies have an advantage with the momentum going in, playing regularly, staying in routine. Right, right. And yes, the 27-point loss was not good, but Dugowie, big factor. 
And also I heard that Craig McRae kind of mucked up at training and didn't get the feel right with the dimensions of mm-hmm. what the SCGR is. And I went there on a tour of the cricket ground a couple of years ago, and it really is quite short. It's it's quite yeah. amazing how wide it is and short. So different field, great well, game. I'm going to yeah. go with the Swans, just Okay. Well, I... Yeah, and you mentioned the different dimensions there, because and it's and it's noticeable because and and I've mentioned this. I probably think I mentioned it to you that when you when you watch the game at the SCG, the distance between the fifty meter arc and the the center square is so much shorter than you see in other places because it because it is so squished together. But the, but the SCG, I, I looked up online, it is actually twelve hundred square meters smaller than the MCG, like 17,500 square meters to like 16,600 or 300, I think. So like 1,200 square meter difference. So there's less ground for both sides to have to cover. And I, and I, I wonder, because, you know, I, I think the Magpies are a faster team, at least, you know, from what I have, what I have seen. Uh, they, they, they look to me to be a faster side. I, I, I wonder if that smaller dimension, the end-to-end dimension, does that get does that negate their speed? Does that does that work in the advantage of the Swans not having to you know go end to end quite as much? Well, I think the advantage is for the Swans is because they play there so well, often, right? And they're right. Used to it. But realistically, if the AFL or even the CF the uh, SCG, they would love to have that ground a bit longer, but. Mm-hmm. They moved into the cricket ground. And even with the MCG, it's too wide, I think. So teams can get caught up. And I'm glad your team is going a bit more direct this year instead of mucking around short kicks sideways. So if you get caught up going wide on the MCG or the SCG, that's detrimental. And both Collingwood and and Sydney, they're fast-running teams. So you go straight down the guts of the field, bang, you can get a lot of goals a lot quicker than mucking about with the ball. Right, yeah. So you're you're going with the Swans, you said, right? I am, but okay. the spread was 17 and a half. I think it's going to be close. I yeah. think Magpies will be within a goal or two. I really do. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Magpies did win. No, it wouldn't be surprised me either. I went with the Swans by eight. In this game. So I, you know, I think that, you know, I, I think both of these games are going to be close. I think quite frankly, any one of these four sides could win the grand final, you know, especially if, if they go into that game as healthy as they possibly can be, you know, again, you know, the, uh, you know, the pie is going to be without Taylor Adams, the rest of the, the, the season. And, you know, who knows how long it's going to take him to recover from that, that surgery he's having. You know, where he's having you know muscle reattached to bone, I'm guessing he's not going on very many long walks for a while. Um, that's gonna take that's gonna take him a while, and I wish him the best. But I just think this this is gonna be this has been a, a great final series so far, and I, I think that tomorrow and then Saturday are gonna just be a continuation of that. And I fully expect it then to be a a, a fantastic grand final, whoever is playing in it. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Magpie Swans could be the closer, better game of the two, but we don't really know, and that's the no, excitement, no. and that's what that's what we love about the finals. It's, yeah. it's going to be great. Yeah. So I'm, 
I'm wondering, you know, and like I said, I don't, I don't know if I'll be able to watch the, the pies and swans live. I may have to just get up at about six o'clock in the morning and watch that game on, on replay um, and stay away from my social media till it's over. Um, I just, I just think I'm going to have to go that route with it. I, I don't think I can, we'll see. We'll see. I don't have to announce a game on Friday night. I do have to announce one at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. And then I have a, a band competition, a marching band competition that begins at five that evening. And then I'm trying to do interviews Saturday night with people that are supporters of, of the clubs that won, hoping to do the, Hey, here's why your club is going to win the grand final. I'm hoping to get that done this weekend because next weekend, next week for me, I have announcing jobs Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I think Saturday as well next week. So I've got a busy, uh, maybe not Saturday, but a busy week in terms of announcing. So, and my wife is going to be out of town too. So, well, I suggest you don't tire yourself out. Get up in the morning. I did. I've done this before. Yeah. I'll yeah. get up in the morning. I won't even look at my phone. I'll go down and watch the replay mm-hmm. without knowing one thing about the game, and it's just as good. Yeah. I mean, I do. I do that quite a bit as well. And sometimes, if, you know, if it's not, you know, if it's not, you know, my club, I will look at the score and I'll wonder, well, how the hell did they get to this point? You know, if it's a, if it's a blowout or if it's a close game, I'll say, well, what, what happened here? And I won't go look at the, the, the quarter by quarter stats, but it's just, uh, it is a conundrum for us. It's, it's a dilemma for people that are, that are fans of the game on this side of the planet. And, you know, your friends in Australia who are NFL fans are following the CFL. And I don't know how many people in, in Australia are following the CFL. I don't know if it has the same no. uh, appeal. Okay. But a lot of NFL fans there, they're, they're getting to, to deal with what we deal with all during footy season with the NFL now, except uh, for them, the NFL games are all happening on Monday morning. So they're at work. So they even miss, they don't get to see it until even later then. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a great weekend uh, of football. It's it's just, uh, yeah, yeah, of course, you know, I'm wearing my heart on my sleeve. I know who I hope wins the game that's happening t- tonight. Okay, of course, I know, you know, and if you're listening, you know who I hope wins, but I think it's going to be one heck of a matchup. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, it won't surprise me. You know, it would be, you know, heartbreaking if, you know, Lincoln McCarthy kicks another, you know, game winner at the end like he did a couple of years ago against the cats uh so i don't know but oh i was gonna what i mean right jotted one other thing down i wanted to make sure i mentioned to you then um what's going on with the elks this weekend oh just hang on i'll go back real quick i might upset you a little bit here but i actually hope the lions and the swans win for a couple of reasons i like both of those teams I like your cats, but I like the Lions a bit more. Mm-hmm. And then the Lions and Swans grand final, there'll be no Melbourne teams, and I'll see all those Melbourne people feel pissed off. That makes me laugh. Well, <laughs> the thing about it, though, is that in, in they, they are, they're basically one and a half former Melbourne clubs. Right. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, it's so you're, you know, those, you know, those, you know, South Melbourne supporters and those, uh, Fitzroy supporters would be absolutely over the moon yes, if, if yes. they, you know, if they got to have their club back there again. So yeah, no, I, no, you're not upsetting me about it. It, 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 it makes sense. Like I said, I, I, I hope, I hope the cats win. I'll, 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 I'll say that. I have no problem saying that, but, but 
I'll still be watching the grand final regardless. I mean, I, I mean, oh, I, I'll, I may not cheer as loudly and I, uh, I might end up saving a little bit more money if the cats don't win, because I know that if the cats win and my wife is out, out of town on vacation with her, or she and her best friend, another lady she's known here for many, many years, they're heading out West. They're going to be out at the grand Canyon and doing all kinds of sightseeing. Well, my vacation may include me, you know, heading over, you know, if, if the cats would win, heading over to the cat shop and, oh, I don't know, adding a few things to the, the to the collection here. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's going on with your Elks this weekend, sir? Oh, they play tomorrow night in Saskatchewan, Regina, but I think you're talking about curses before. Last Saturday night, I'm thinking the curse is real because they changed their names from the Eskimos to the Elks, and they still haven't won a game at home, which yeah. was really disappointing. But I did their Go Elks show, and I did a Calgary versus Edmonton, a little bit of a pick six and a little bit of a razzing up of Calgary. So that was fun. But, yeah, I hope they get some wins, but they're kind of rebuilding now for next year, sadly. Well, but you're having fun working with the club and helping to get people excited for when the, when the corner does get turned. So, I mean, it's, I think it's a great, uh, great avenue for you to, you know, to, to get your, your foot in the door with them. So, I mean, that's, that's uh, it's a lot of fun watching those clips. So where can people find your work then? Yeah, it's great, mate. It's uh, I can be creative. I can build some comedy in there. Mm -hmm. I can be, uh, like I said, very creative in what I'm doing. And, I go into the office there and they all come out, oh, Mick, love your work. So it's fun. And it's a very famous history club. The Edmonton Eskimos won a lot of great cups. Warren right. Moon was here as well for many years. So a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, tomorrow night on Sports Grid TV with Gabe and Dave, we'll be talking the Aussie football and the NFL and the CFL and MickAussie.tv, of course. Okay. Sounds great. So um, any other thoughts before we go? And I know where you're going to go with this, but I'm going to go ahead and put it up there for you as well. So um, why don't you give us your little bit of wisdom for the week? Because that you've become so adept at doing this. <laughs> well, I'll have two. I'll reiterate what I said. Oh, this is funny because the Brownlow medal got changed, brought a night forward because of the Queen's... Uh, funeral and the holiday right. in Australia on Monday, they were saying that all the wags, that's the wives and girlfriends of the players that are going to the Brownlow, they're all rushing to get their hair appointments on a Sunday in Melbourne and maybe have to pay triple the amount. So I kind of laughed at that about the wags. So my two bits of advice, Melbourne players and other players, keep your hair out of your eyes and get a haircut. And of course, don't put your mouth guard in your sock because you might miss the goal. It's unnecessary well, and unhealthy. Let me ask you this, because I, I think we might be, well, yeah, let me, and I never thought about getting, you know, as, as you can see, you know, for those of you that don't know, there's not, there's nothing up on top of my head. It's, it's all there. I have all my hair. I just cut it off because I don't want to see how gray it is. I'm completely in denial about it. Um, <laughs> but I never thought about the, the Sunday uh, hair appointments could several of the, 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 the wives and girlfriends now notice, I didn't say wives and or girlfriends. Okay. <laughs> um, it's not like the, uh, you know, it's not like the, uh, remember the, 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 the big Chilean mine disaster a number of years ago where the guys were caught underground for what was it like six weeks before they brought yeah. them back up. And the, 
they brought the one guy up in the capsule and he gets up to the surface and his wife is there to, to welcome him. And so is his girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> and he said, can I go back down? <laughs> um, but what I was going to say is maybe some of the, 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 the significant others could maybe hit up some of the Melbourne players who aren't using their headbands and just borrow those from them. Maybe, maybe that would work for them. Then. That would, uh, that would, you know, the killing the two per, you know, proverbial dogs with just one stone there. So, Hey Mick, great talking with you, sir. A lot of laughs, a lot of fun. Um, we'll have to figure out a time that, uh, that we can sit down to do this for the grand final. Um, I'm thinking I know when it might be, and it's, uh, it's going to cause me to not get much sleep at all. Uh, I'll talk to you about that off air. Uh, I have to get my calendar book and look, uh, but uh, great chatting with you, man. Yeah, look, it's going to be a great week, starting with the Brownlow, and you haven't been to Melbourne, and people that haven't been there, Aussie football rules there. It is the centre of the Aussie football, and it really is quite good viewing all the beautiful ladies dressed up. So it's real image and prestige and a great night, the Brownlow medal. And good luck to your cats and anyone that hasn't watched the footy before. It'll be a great time to start and watch these two games. Have a great weekend, Absolutely. mate. Absolutely. And let's hope everybody stays healthy regardless of who wins. Because we want to have everybody healthy for the grand final the following week. All right, Mick. Thanks a lot, man. Cheers. Thanks, man. You bet. All right, Mick. Thanks for coming on again tonight, man. A lot of laughs, a lot of fun. I, I do... Uh... I do enjoy sitting down to chat with you there, sir. Now, again, ladies and gentlemen, if you head over to my website, yankonthefooty.com, you're going to find everything about the, uh, the the show. You can find all my social links over there, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All of those are there. And uh, if you sign up on the mailing list, well, you'll get the new episodes as they come out, and they'll be in your inbox within about 90 seconds of when it gets uh, posted. And, folks... I do hope you'll consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family if you enjoy the uh, the show. And I invite you, you know, I've been doing the, the, the reviews and the previews of uh, of the finals and, and each round of footy, but, you know, an extensive collection of interviews with people from all facets of the game there, especially as we're be- getting to wind down the, uh, the footy season. I plan on bringing you more and more interviews and more and more focused stories as well. But, you know, go back and look through my catalog there. There's over 200 episodes, almost 250 now with some of the live episodes. And uh, you might find uh, somebody who was involved in your favorite club that uh, you may want to check out. And if you do like it, let me know. Reach out on over on my socials, Yank underscore on on Twitter. You can find the, the podcast one, uh, page over on uh, Facebook as well. And I do appreciate, ladies and gentlemen, all of you who have given me the kind words that you have. I love your support. It's, it's, I don't know if I would still be doing this if I hadn't heard all these wonderful things from you. I mean, I do enjoy the, you know, the process of doing the podcast. It's a bit of a labor of love on my part because I love sharing this game with, uh, with people here and learning about it from people over in Australia. But folks, keep track of one another. Let people know that you, you care about them. Check up on them. Make sure they're okay. And as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later.
This has been episode 201 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and on Facebook. And folks, thanks for listening. I do hope you'll consider sharing the episode with your friends and family. And until next time, goodbye. <laughs>